0: This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 698. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 698. Mm-hmm. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, Shameless Moms. Happy Monday. Oh, it's been a minute since I have gotten to record for you for this Monday episode. Last week, we had two interviews, which was so fantastic. And I uh, absolutely loved having two interviews with Amber Holly talking about ADHD and women and in kids, but that means there was no solo episode. So you're back this week with with just me, but I feel like I have like two weeks worth of like pent up things to share. So I'm, re- I'm really happy to be here. I'm really excited to dig into this conversation. And I've had a number of experiences in the last couple of weeks that have informed what we're going to talk about today in really significant ways. So So I'm excited. So let's dig in. I want to talk about today how important it is for you to own where you've been in order to get where you're going. What I mean by that is that we must look back and own and honor our pasts, for better or worse, and how they have created who we are and informed who we are in great ways and in really powerful ways in order for us to look forward and see what we are qualified to do, what we are worthy of owning, all of the gifts and talents that we have the opportunity to leverage in new ways and new places. And I think that this is just really frequently missed. So last weekend, we hosted our fall retreat for our membership community for our members of the Academy, which was so fun. And I was so excited because it was our first we're doing quarterly retreats now. And it was our first time doing one since we started with this new model of quarterly retreats. And it just it felt really, really good. I haven't had the opportunity to do a virtual retreat in quite some time. And oh, it just, it was really lovely. Within the academy, we have these quarterly retreats, and the focus of the fall one was tap into your intuition. And so, as I'm talking a little bit about this, if you're like, wait a minute, I want to get in on these quarterly retreats, we'll be opening up enrollment for the academy to become a member of the Shameless Mom Academy sometime in probably pretty early 2023. So if you want to get on our waitlist, you can go to shamelessmom.com slash waitlist. That's shamelessmom.com slash waitlist and get on the waitlist to get information about enrollment at that time. So We had our three-hour virtual retreat. It was on a Saturday morning or Saturday morning for me on Pacific time, midday for our East Coast members. And our theme was tap into your intuition. And this was based on our theme for the month around solidifying self-trust. So one of the activities we did first thing in the retreat was we built out self-trust resumes. And this was a really fascinating exercise. I actually loved putting this exercise together and kind of creating it and cultivating what this flow would look like for people as they built out their self-trust resumes. As part of the activity, we had members look at their past skills and strengths. And so we looked at what are the things that you're innately good at? So maybe you were born with just certain skills that always shine within you. So maybe you're a great communicator or you're a great artist or you're great at math or you're a great leader. Um, that's definitely one for me that I've really learned like I innately need to lead. It is part of who I am. And I can look back over the course of my life and see how this showed up over, has shown up over and over again. And then we also have skills and strengths that we train over the course of our life. And so through our education and through our work experience, professional experience, community experience, experience, life experience, we have all sorts of different things that we train, skills and strengths that become skills and strengths because we've worked on them and cultivated them over time. And so I would say some of those things for me are definitely uh, around athleticism, I'm definitely not innately athletic, but I've really worked on different things to learn how to ski and to do triathlons and become a distance runner and all sorts of different things over the course of my life, which have been so rewarding. And I'm not like expert level on any of them, but I definitely have significant skill sets around them. And there's a ton of value that's come in not just learning that specific skill, but also going through the process of learning that specific skill, which maybe wasn't innate to me. So we had people look through their past skills and strengths, the innate ones and the ones that they've trained. And then we invited them to take a close look at how their education, professional experience and personal experience have informed who they are and who they are becoming. And this piece is so important, I believe, and overlooked when we specifically talk about personal experience. So I think We can look at our education and we can say, oh, like I went to school to become a lawyer or I went to school to become a communications person. Or we can look at our professional trajectory and look at like, well, for the past 10 years, I've been doing a profession in this industry. And so that's something that I can hold on to is something where I have some skills and some strengths and some talents. But this personal experience piece, I think, is often overlooked. And the piece that we really need to embrace on a much deeper level So what are the personal experiences that you've had, good or bad, and how does that inform who you are, and how is that continuing to inform who you are becoming? And so I hugely believe that motherhood is overlooked in this category. If you have been a mother for any length of time, literally for like six weeks or six years or 16 years or 26 years, you have a skill set, maybe innate, probably trained in many ways that is unique to you that not everyone has that you can leverage. I did a whole episode on, I think it was like six reasons why mothers make better leaders in the workplace, a title, something like that. And I talked about like the skills that moms cultivate as a part of motherhood that make us more qualified to lead in different capacities in different workplaces. I think that we overlook this because society doesn't necessarily value this. But that doesn't mean that it's not true. I swear it's like, So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. So as moms, we are really good at Practicing patience. And this, like, I'm not saying that you always shine at this because I know you're like, yeah, I'm not a patient mom. I get it. Me too. And I also know that I have to practice patience every single day in a way that I never did before motherhood. And I know that I am a much more patient person because of that. So that doesn't mean that I'm perfect at it. It doesn't mean that it's something that I'm not continually working on, but it is definitely true that I know how to practice patience because I've had to do it. I'm a better listener. I'm a better communicator. I'm a better negotiator. Like If you know how to negotiate with a two-year-old, oh my gosh, get yourself in a boardroom because you know how to negotiate. If you know how to negotiate with a 14-year-old, same thing. So the skills that we come by in motherhood are really leverageable. I don't know if that's a word. (laughs) They're very leverageable in many other capacities in terms of qualifying ourselves for things as after we've been mothers and as we move through motherhood and as we move into identities beyond motherhood. And then we also have other personal experiences where maybe we've gone through really hard relationships or we've gone through really hard work experiences or other, you know, really hard health experiences or maybe even some traumas that we probably didn't invite in, probably didn't enjoy, but they probably gave us new skills and a lens through which we see the world that can definitely inform who we are becoming and qualify us for new and different things. I'm working with a couple of people right now who've gone through really, really traumatic experiences in the last couple of years, whether it's coming out of horrendous, horrendously abusive relationships or coming out of really critical health circumstances. And what's interesting on the back end of that is that they can see how they are positioned to work with other people who have gone through similar experiences in ways that they would have never been qualified to a few years ago. And they're really considering, how can I use this really hard thing that I've been through to help other people who are going through that? Because they have this unique lens of compassion and empathy and skills to support people who are going through the same thing that they've been through. And so sometimes we overlook those kinds of experiences. And sometimes the more unfamiliar those experiences are to society, the more we disqualify ourselves from them being significant. And what I mean by that is if you have a really exceptional circumstance and you're like, well, no one else can really relate to this. I don't know anyone else who's gone through this. We think, well, no one else is going to care. But the reality is, is you might have a very unique experience that you've lived through. And there are another handful of people in this world who are navigating that all alone in isolation, just like you did, and your support would be invaluable to them. And so how can you look at those experiences that you hold on to and figure out how you can be supportive if you want? You certainly don't always have to do this, but if you wanted to create something around that to support other people. So for example, I have this fairly unique situation of having a parent abandon me, in adult, well, twice, but first as a little girl. And then secondly, in adulthood, having my father really abandon our relationship about 10 years ago. And that has been a huge part of my life. And so if I wanted to make that a part of how I engage with the world in a really intentional way, I absolutely could. I could start a support group. This doesn't mean that like I'm qualified to do therapy with people around this. But there's things that I could do. I could start a support group and I could create places for other people to just be in conversation around this. And I could, you know, create a list of resources and be a person that's like a connector of resources. I could go back to school and get my master's in counseling and become a counselor for people that have these same kind of situations with parents who've abandoned them. So there's all these different things that that life experience would qualify me for. So if I want to look at where I want to go, I need to look at where I've been and how do those unique life experiences beyond education and professional experience really set us up for where we're going. When we're looking toward goals and dreams, it's easy to forget all the ways that we've already qualified ourselves, making us perfectly poised to go after whatever it is we want right now. I was in London two weeks ago, so... I'm like so upside down on time, but two weeks ago, I believe, yes, two weeks ago I was in London and I was doing a training for a communications team of a Fortune 10 company. And we invited folks to get up and share stories from their past as proof of their leadership abilities today. And it was so incredible to hear the stories that folks came up with. But what was really fascinating is when we talked through stories for people and we said, okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna have you think back a story that you want to share with an audience that creates an aha moment. And this is all part of my step into your moxie certification. So I'm a step into your moxie trained certified facilitator. And this is something that we do often with groups when I'm we slash I was co facilitating in this in this situation. So it's sometimes it's me with a co facilitator. Sometimes it's me on my own. But we ask people, what is an aha moment that you want to create for your team or for an audience for a friend that you're having a conversation with for your boss? What for your People that you're managing, and what is a story that you could share that could create that aha moment for someone else to see themselves in your story and then feel strength, feel power, feel hope in that moment. And how can you center the person who needs your support versus centering yourself in your story? And so we had people think back on their stories. And the first question that came up across the room, people said, well, because this is a workplace event, we were this was a te- a company a team within a company that was all doing this together, they said, well, should we pick a personal story or a professional story? And my co-facilitator and I were like, pick whatever story works for you. Oftentimes, those are personal stories. And personal stories absolutely have a place to be shared in the workplace because our personal lives inform in huge ways how we show up at work. So as we had people pick out their stories and create aha moments and think through how they wanted to use stories as a way to support teams and support coworkers, it was amazing to hear what they came up with because many of them went into that situation thinking and sharing out loud, like, I'm not sure if I should share this, or I haven't really talked about this with coworkers before, or this is a story I don't usually tell people. And then in the process of sharing that, they created these beautiful moments for their coworkers to be, first of all, to be seen so that their coworkers could witness their story and learn more about them and see them in just this entirely new, really powerful light. But it also created this space among the group where everyone who heard the story was able to see themselves a little bit in it and feel a little bit of hope and power because of the connection and seeing like, oh my gosh, I've been there, me too. Sometimes we don't own and embrace those experiences to the fullest And then we don't show up in our full capacity. And when we left that day, I talked to a few people as we were leaving who said, I can't believe I shared that story. And also, I can totally see now how that story has positioned me to lead in different ways when I'm doing work with my team or to talk to people in a different way or to empathize or have compassion in a different way. And so it was in learning to own those stories and then talk about them that people really were able to see like, oh my gosh, this story, it's a resume builder. It's a qualifier. It qualifies me to lead in a different way, but also lean into what I learned in that experience in having survived or endured that story, whether it was a story around a traumatic past event or a story about just learning a really big lesson. It really, really set them, these people up to show up in a different way in their workplace relationships. And I know that that can be the case for you as well. So when we push pause and we create a moment to look back, we can find clear and striking evidence of what we are capable of moving forward. We can look back and say, oh my gosh, when I did this thing, that was me showing up for myself. That was me being a self-advocate, or that was me learning a really valuable lesson, or that was me having this life-changing moment, a sliding door moment from which like everything was different after that. When we're in the hustle and the bustle of daily life, it's really easy to forget those things and overlook our past. We're so busy getting through the chaos of the day or the season that we kind of, panic or discount the future, where we think like, oh, I don't have what it takes to take the next step, or I'm going to worry about it later. When the reality is, is you're way more ready now than you think. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is IEPs, she talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should Payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with EarnIn. EarnIn is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the EarnIn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Earning is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. So I'm going to invite you to push pause, and like you might want to literally do that right now, (laughs) and push pause on this episode, or push pause after you're done listening, and think about a goal that you're working on right now. And think about, is this goal something that feels like a long-term dream or is it an immediate fixation where it's like something that's just there all the time? I have a couple of friends writing books right now and they're like, they've been writing their books for a while. And it's like this immediate fixation where they're like, every day they're like, oh my gosh, I really need to write the book. And they don't get to it and they don't get to it. And they've kind of surpassed multiple deadlines where they were supposed to be done because just life gets in the way and things get hectic, right? So whether you're thinking about a goal that you're working on right now, but just kind of seems to not that keeps seeming to get pushed off, or you're thinking about a long term dream, where you keep thinking like that's just way in the future, because you can't quite see how it would work or what it would look like to go after it. I want you to, in your pushing pause, look back over the course of your life and find a few pieces of evidence that prove that you are capable of going after big things So think about the times when you've gone after big things, big things that you maybe weren't sure how you were going to accomplish them. So for me, it was definitely like running my first half marathon was a huge one for me. Opening my own gym. Holy cow. Like that was massive. Starting the podcast was another really, really big one. Going after things with this vision of like, I know I want to do that. I don't know quite what it looks like. It's definitely pretty scary and feels really high stakes and risky. And then looking at, holy cow, I went through those things. I made it to the other side, even if I fumbled a million times and recognizing that, oh, okay, I'm capable of going after big things. Maybe when you're pushing pause, you can recognize that you're really good at figuring out new things. I feel because I'm not someone who loves n- new things. I like certainty and predictability and routine. But when I look over the course of my life, I can see that I've actually done a lot of new things, which is surprising for someone who likes a lot of certainty and predictability and routine. And I've figured them out. And I've often done things that a lot of people around me are not doing. And I have figured them out. In spite of that, which is not something I ever thought I was capable of, in my like, er, you know, late teens to early twenties when I was thinking about career stuff, I definitely did not think I was capable of figuring out new things. I really wanted like a set path, a template, like just follow something really specific and repeat it over and over again which is why I thought teaching would be perfect. I'm like, you just figure out like how to teach the fourth grade and then you teach it over and over again every year, which is what my mom did. And that seemed like a really great solution to like live the rest of my life. (laughs) And so I didn't think I was good at figuring out new things. I wanted like something that I could figure out one time and be done figuring things out for my life because that level of predictability and certainty felt really comforting to me. But when I look back over the course of my life, I didn't do that. (laughs) All I do is figure out new things over and over again. But I have to look back in order to recognize that and own it and then recognize like, oh, okay, so that means I can keep figuring out new things. And then also as you're pushing pause, looking back and recognizing where have you been brave embarking on an uncertain journey, whether it was a chosen journey or an unchosen journey. And so, as I mentioned in some of my examples, going through a really significant health situation, going through like navigating a really tenuous, potentially even dangerous relationship. Where have you been brave embarking on those journeys where you're like, I have no idea how to get through this, but then ultimately you did. And what does that say about who you are and the skills that you have and the skills that you cultivated in that circumstance and situation? You have undoubtedly proven yourself repeatedly over the course of your life. And once you start owning that, you can see how incredibly qualified you are to go after whatever it is you want right now. So I'm going to invite you to go, I want you to like step back into your look back machine. It's funny, when I was making notes on this episode, I was like, what do I call it? Like the Wayback machine, the look back machine, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. But like, it's like your own personal like time capsule. I want you to take a step into your look-back machine and look back over the course of your life at your education, degrees, certifications, professional development. It doesn't have to be something where you walked away with a piece of paper every time. There's been things in this last couple of years, especially, that I've done and attended that it's not like I got a new degree or I got any sort of like really specific credential, but things that have definitely impacted my work in big ways. I've done some things around anti-racism and building businesses. I've done, oh my gosh, some really cool work with building trauma informed businesses and a lot of this work I have to give a shout out to Trudy LeBron who's been on the show before two times because a lot of that work I've done has been with her so where are you doing like professional development around your education where maybe you didn't get a degree or certification or any sort of like accolade for it but you are really actively learning and showing your investment in active learning that's significant where, when you look back in your look back machine, where are your professional experiences? So, moving up in your work, navigating work environments, navigating workplace relationships, navigating workplace power dynamics, and how people with power and privilege manage their power and privilege, and what has been the impact to you in those situations. And then, looking back in your look back machine at your lived experiences so, motherhood, and marriage, and family dynamics, and extended family navigation, relationships, friendships adventures. I think we discount adventures too. We years ago, my husband and I had been dating for three years, I think at the time, we hiked the Inca Trail together. And my husband was so funny. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Peru with these with some friends for two weeks. And I was like, I would love for you to come. But I was like, I don't think this is totally like up his alley, this kind of adventure. But I was like, I would love for you to come. We're going to go do the Inca Trail for a week. And then we're going to go to the Amazon River for a week. And so he's like, yeah, I think I'm just going to like meet you for the Amazon River part. And I was like, Okay, cool. Like, no problem. Also, like hiking to Machu Picchu is supposed to be like one of the most incredible life experiences one can have. But if you just want to like meet us at the Amazon River, fine. (laughs) And so ultimately, he was like, oh okay, like, I guess I should go and do the 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 trail. And he was like, did not exercise a day in his life. I, at the time, was running all these half marathons and I was like, let's go hike the Inca Trail. This is gonna be amazing. So we go out and we hike the Inca Trail and it's quite high up in elevation and you never know how altitude is going to hit one person to the next. And so my husband had no altitude sickness and just cruised up and down this trail like a freaking wild, athletic, nimble beast. And I was like huffing and puffing and trying not to barf. And it was really, really physically challenging for me because I felt the altitude just really got to me. Even though I had spent four days acclimating in Cusco, which is this town right before you start the trail, still just really struggled. And so that adventure was this so many life lessons for my husband and for me that I learned like what it was like to have something feel really hard, even though I thought I was really well prepared for it. And then he learned like, oh, sometimes the physical things that we do yield these really incredible results. And so I remember on the second day of hiking, we got to this amazing viewpoint and we were where we were going to camp for the night. And he was like, I can't believe I wasn't going to do this. He said, I can't believe I was just going to meet you for the Amazon River part of this. Like he's like, that's so ridiculous that I almost said no to this because this is so incredible. Like, I would have missed all of the beauty and the like just complete awe of the Inca Trail. And so it was big learning lessons all around. So, when we have those adventures, those are our qualifiers for other life experiences for sure. We talked a little bit about health journeys. So, lived experiences around health journeys for sure. For me, that's been around infertility, it's been around mental health and navigating anxiety. And then also lived experiences around trauma and where have you had trauma in your life and how has that informed who you are and who you are becoming? Wednesday's episode is an interview with Britt Frank, and we're gonna be talking more about trauma. And she talks about how everyone experiences trauma. And so that will be a great place for us to pick up with this. In the meantime, I want you to also, lastly, in your look back machine, think about personal interests and hobbies. I don't want you to discount the things, maybe you're a quilter, maybe you are a gardener, maybe you're a photographer. Those things also are skill sets that can qualify you for whatever it is you want to do looking forward. So how have all of those things, when you look back, when you look back at that lifetime resume, not just a professional resume, but a lifetime resume, how can you own and honor where you have been in order to get where you are going? So thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be back in this solo episode with you. Wednesday's episode with Britt Frank is absolutely outstanding. I can't wait for you to hear that. So come right back on Wednesday to tune in. And if this episode was impactful to you or you think it could be impactful to someone else in your circle, please, please share it out. And I will see you on Wednesday with Britt Frank.